Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. voice of his goodness in the earth to say what he says and we're in a series right now called taking possession I think we're going to finish it today we'll see how it goes but we want you to experience the abundant life Christ came to give you he came that you might have life and life abundantly but you know what he can't do anything about it if you won't cooperate with him You have to choose to cooperate with him, to give him your yes. And sometimes it's challenging as a minister where sometimes you'll be, there's someone who wants help, but they're not willing to embrace what Christ said. And there's nothing you can do for that person except pray for them that they would receive the word, right? So you're living every day, right? You're on this earth every day. And whether you realize it or not, you're processing words all day long, whether you're conscious of it or not. There's there's, uh, deposits and withdrawals. There's there's, coming in and going out all day long. But if you're not processing what God has said about you, you're at a disadvantage, and you, you, you're, you can be preventing the very help that you need because you've been filling your days and nights with the words of people instead of the words of Christ. When I, fill my, when I deliberately fill my thinking with the very words of Christ, not religious tradition, but what Christ has said, what Christ has done, the very scriptures in my hard copy Bible, then I open myself up to God's help in my life. I give him the tools that he needs in me to work. God needs his word alive in your heart in order for him to do what he wants to do in your life. And I, and I understand that. And I kind of grew up, we didn't know God. We, we would kind of like throw out prayers, you know. God, if you're real, you know, then, then, then make it snow today. That's just ignorance. You know, there's no, there's no faith in that. There's no knowledge of what God has said in that. If you're real, then, then make this pen roll off the podium and hit the ground. You know, that's, that's all just kind of, that's all just ignorance. It's kind of like superstition. There's a lot of superstition in the body of Christ. But when you learn what Christ has said, you don't have to throw up prayers anymore. You can act with confidence. But it is a very personal thing. I can't change another person. You can't change me, and I can't change you. And God can't change you. And that can be challenging, like I said, because you want to help someone. But sometimes there's people come to you, and you know there's nothing I can do for this person because their thinking is so messed up. And they're not willing to change that. Are you with me? You have to realize that you... You are, are the one who makes all the difference in your life. And you've got this thing called a free will. And when you engage that with Christ, now you're cooking. Now you're giving God the right of way in your life to do what he's wanted to do all along. We want you to take possession of the abundant life Christ came to give you. Listen, this isn't magic. It's not a spell. This is love relationship with the one who made you. It's like a marriage. It's like a marriage. Sometimes people have been thinking wrong for years, and they come to you and they want you to wave your hand and it all be better. It doesn't work that way. You have to, you're the only one who control what words you accept and what words you reject. No one else can control that. They can put you in all kinds of machines. They can zap you. They can torture you. But no one can take your will away. 
That's been said of so many who've been in concentration camps or been in prisoners of war. They said, there's one thing they couldn't take from me. That was my will. Powerful. So we want you to fully engage. We encourage you. We can't make it. We want you to encourage you to engage your will in the living Christ. Give God the right of way. How? By receiving his word. I'm telling you, everything is made of words. You, you, any corporation that is built is made of words. Marriage is built on words. You know that little certificate is just a representation of, of man's law. But what makes a marriage is when a man says to a woman, I love you. I give the rest of my life to you. It's faith-filled words that make a marriage. And from those faith-filled words come actions. If they're not faith-filled words, no actions will follow. Right? Hallelujah. We're taking possession of our inheritance. What is our inheritance? The abundant life Christ came to give us. We refuse to live a defeated life. We refuse to be depressed. We refuse to think we're alone. We refuse to think that, um, that we're not good enough, that we're failures, that, that, um, that God has separated himself from us, that, 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 that he is not for us, that, that sin is our master, that we, we refuse to give in to anxiety, we refuse to give in to anything contrary than what Christ did for us. Hallelujah. Are you okay? Come on, are, are you ready to fight? What are you talking about? Fight who? Darkness, anxiety, doubts, fears, discouragement, worry. You've got to fight it. You've got to stand against it. I mean, just this morning, you know, it's like hilarious what the devil will do. You know, I've been walking with the Lord I don't know, uh, decades now, and, and he starts talking to me about Jesus not being real. <laughs> I just start chuckling. I say, man, this guy, he'll just try anything, you know. And then uh, his promise is not being, you know, real. But he'll take whatever you can give him, you know. He'll take whatever you can give him. He'll talk, talk you out of, out of the shoes you've got on. He will. He'll try and talk you out of, out of the clothes you're wearing, the car you're driving, the things that you know to be true. He'll try and talk you out of your own identity. Hello. That's exactly what he'll try and do. But we're not listening to him, right? Hallelujah. So in 2022, we are experiencing, we're taking possession of all that the Father did for us through his Son. All right? Now remember, this isn't a, a magic wand that we wave and okay, everything's fine. How do we take possession? We deliberately put ourselves in the hearing of the word regularly. If you're not doing that, forget it. Just being real with you. If someone says, you know, I want to be able to, I want to be in, in shape physically. Well, you've got to exercise. <laughs> I don't, this might not be a, the message you're looking for, but it's very much needed. If I want to know Christ, I've got to put myself in the hearing of the fullness of the gospel, not religious tradition, not just going to a church. I need to deliberately seek out the fullness of the gospel, Ex exactly what Jesus said, all that he did for me. Right? I, need to, I need to be a part of a Holy Spirit, New Testament, fullness of the gospel, gospel of grace church, if I want all that he has for me. Right? I, I've got to hear about what he's done for me regularly. I've got to. I've got to hear about it. I've got to, to, to speak it, and I've got to act on it. All right? This is how we take possession. It's very simple. And sometimes the flesh gets frustrated with this because the flesh wants an excuse for not doing the basics, right? <laughs> this is good. Yeah, the flesh wants another way. Well, I just want to push a button. I just want to whine and pout and everything to be all right, 
right? I just want to complain about the pastor and everything be all right, right? I just want to, it's other people, they're the problem, and, and everyone else has got the problem, and, and I'll be fine if I just do things my own way. No, you won't. You'll be a mess for the rest of your life. You need what God has said in your life. You need to know what he said, and you need to deliberately choose to listen to it regularly. I'm talking about the fullness of the gospel, not religious tradition. And this is a, a big deal. I never knew that I had a part to play in what God wanted to do in my life. I never knew that. I thought like God was like the Wizard of Oz. How many have seen the Wizard of Oz? How many have seen the Wiz? Okay, that's two. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz. And that's, that's basically what most people think of God. That he's a big something behind a big curtain somewhere and we're on, trying to get on the yellow brick road to somehow get to him and get our wish granted so that we can go home. But he's not. Right? He's, he's perfect love. He's not a foreboding dark wizard. He's perfect love. He's the father you've wanted your whole life. And he loves you so much that he revealed himself to you through his son, Jesus Christ. Not my version of Jesus, not your version of Jesus, this version of Jesus. In your hard copy Bible, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Listen, you need to read this. <laughs> you just need to read it for yourself and see what I'm talking about. Too many people coming to church because it's, it's encouraging, which is wonderful, but they're not reading it for themselves. And you're just going to go off of an inspiring message, and that'll only take you so far. Maybe to, to Wednesday, and that's about it. If you're not getting the input directly, your eyes from God's Word into your mind and your heart, you're at a major disadvantage. And Satan will take advantage of you. He will. When's the last time your words fixed on what Christ said? Your eyes fixed on his words. And just stayed there. Be not afraid. Only believe. That's Jesus in Mark chapter 6, 5. Be not afraid. Only believe. Be it done according to your faith. When's the last time you meditated on the written word of God? For many, it's been a long time. Listen, if you're not meditating on the written word of God, you're at a major disadvantage and you will not experience the abundant life he came to give you. You'll experience some blessings every now and then. But I'm talking about 24-7 Holy Spirit. 24-7 Jesus. <laughs> Are we doing okay? Come on. It's all good. It's all good. It's, all, it's good to read the word. Come on. It's so good to read the Word. But I don't like to read. Well, start liking it. Start liking it today. I'm serious. I'm just telling you that in the, the, the times, I've, since I've known the Lord and even in full-time ministry, the primary issue is that people don't know what God has said. That is the issue. And if you can get them to see what God has said in his word and then embrace it, problem solved. It really is that simple. But oftentimes we kind of develop attitudes and, and we mix God's word in with our own thinking and what so-and-so said. And then we come to a, a minister for help and we're, we're kind of, we can't receive. Wow, I didn't plan on saying any of this today. But it really is simple. It really is simple. It really is simple. I don't like how I feel when I'm not exercising physically, talking physically, or when I'm not getting movement, you know. I mean, sometimes what, you have fun to be a holiday, you just hang out, you eat, you relax. But after a while, I'm kind of like, ugh, you know, I got to get out and move. I got to break a sweat, you know. Well, your spirit needs that. How do you work out with your spirit? You meditate in the Word of God. And your spirit loves it. Your flesh might not, but your spirit does. It is, it is health food to your spirit and to your body. 
end of your mind. But you got to crack this book and you got to chew on it. You just got to chew on it. Whatever, whatever issues you're facing, find in the written word of God three scriptures that deal directly with that issue and just chew on them. Just chew on them. This is how you possess the land. And I, I love this little brain game show. They showed two pictures. They showed a, a green button and a red button, then a green brain and a red brain, and then a finger pushing, uh, actually, the red button was on this side. The green button was over here. The finger, the red symbolized things that weren't true. So they had this statement up here that wasn't true, and then the red, the red uh, button was pushed by the finger. But they said the more times this statement is said, that the finger will move over to the green and push green. That happens, it, that's how, that's, we, we fell from what, the way we were made, right? So our, our unrenewed mind, the more times you hear something, the, 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 your tendency to believe it rises. All right? That can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on what you're hearing. Right? That's why Jesus said it, exactly. He said, be careful how you hear. Right? There are a lot of voices in the earth. You've got to choose what words am I going to allow to become the foundation of my life. This is for 13-year-olds. This is for 25. This is for every age. Hallelujah. Now, I'm gonna, I want to look at it. it well, it, it's certainly one of my, one of my uh, favorite passages in one of the passages that God's used probably, oh, it's hard to say, but it's just been used a lot in my life. And we're going we're gonna to look at that in a moment uh, in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, but before we go there, I want to review a few things here. Um, let's go to Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'm going to move around a little bit back there so you can uh, follow with me. Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'm sorry, let's go to verse 6. Back up from verse 9 to verse 6. It says, but the righteousness that is by faith says or speaks, right? Faith will speak. If there's no speaking, there's no faith. Okay? The righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. In other words, uh, there's, Jesus has done it. He's accomplished our salvation. You don't need to look for righteousness anymore. It's in Christ. So the righteousness that is by faith is not looking for an answer. Christ is that answer. All right? If you're, st if you're still searching, you haven't found Christ yet. There's a famous song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I'm trying to remember the words of that. I forget. Uh, everybody's singing it. Come on, what are the... I don't know if they mention, if they mention uh, anything about the Lord in there or not. But if you haven't, if you're still searching, you haven't found Christ. Christ is what you're looking for whether you realize it or not. Maybe you found religion and you, and you kept going because you didn't find what you're looking for in religion. But in Christ, you'll find exactly what you're looking for. Hallelujah. Verse 7, or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Verse 8, but what does the righteousness by faith say? The righteousness by faith. Now, what are we talking about? Faith in who? In Jesus, right? How does faith in Christ talk? <clears throat> It says the word is near you, it's in your mouth, and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. The answer for every issue of your life is in your mouth and in your heart. Wow. That's, that was a tremendous relief to me. Because the devil wants you to think that your answer is unattainable. That it's a long ways away. And you're going to have to struggle to even find it. But Jesus speaks differently. And when you put your faith in him, you realize that the answer to my issue is right here. It's in my mouth. 
and it's in my heart. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. This is the word of faith we are proclaiming that if you confess with your mouth, let's de-religify that word. Can you put that, uh, is it, leave your heart, yeah, declare. Okay, that's a better word, declare, because confess has religious connotations to it. The, the, the Greek word, as I brought up last week there, is homologio. I don't know how to say it, homologio. But it means to say the same thing as. To say the same thing as God. The answer to every issue of your life is to find out what God has said about it and then say the same thing that He says about it. Does that mean you say it once and it's fixed? No. You've got to really believe it. You've got to talk yourself into what God said. There are times when I read the Word of God, it just woof, leaps up off the page. But there are times I'm going through the week, maybe facing challenges, where I need to say it repeatedly because I need to encourage myself in what God has said. There are times when my circumstances are very contrary to what God has said. Here's where your power lies. In the face of contrary circumstances, you've got to say what God has said. Talk about contrary circumstances. We're going to go back to Romans, but go to Genesis 1. You got your seatbelt on, right? Genesis 1. People think God made the world in the condition it's in. Oh, no. Uh-uh, God didn't do this. Oh, no. I was talking with someone. <laughs> they, they were actually in ministry, and they were talking about a particular kind of pest. That, that, that's nasty, this particular kind of insect. And they said, I, I want to get to heaven. I'm going to ask God, why? Why such and such? And I said to them, that's part of the curse, you know. That wasn't God's plan. They were like, huh? Mosquitoes were not a part of God's plan. Poisonous things are not a part of God's plan. Hurricanes, tornadoes, not a part of God's plan. God never wanted those things. Sickness, not a part of his plan. Poverty, not a part of his plan. Famine, not a part of his plan. Most people don't know that. They think everything that just happens is God's plan. Uh Uh-uh. Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2, and it says, And the earth was without form, more accurately translated in the Hebrew, that should be, and the earth became formless. Became. That helps us see some things. It became formless and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Well, the Scriptures declare that God is light, that no darkness dwells with Him, no evil. Where does darkness come from? Well, the Scriptures teach us that Lucifer, who was bearer of light was his name, one of the chief angels, chose, decided that he wanted to be on God's throne instead of Christ. And the scriptures teach us that he rebelled against God. And Jesus said that he was cast down from heaven to earth as lightning. That's pretty fast. And this is what happened between verse 1 of Genesis and verse 2 of Genesis. God created a perfect world, a perfect earth. And somewhere between verse 1 and 2, we don't know how, what the time frame was, Lucifer rebelled, and he talked some of the other angels into rebelling with him, and they were cast down to earth, and they destroyed it. They covered it with darkness. In fact, if you'll read verse 2 in various translations, it says it became chaotic, formless, a place of emptiness. That's all contrary to God. God doesn't make things like that. When God made Adam, he wasn't like this, like a caveman with a cave, you know, big club over his shoulder and had to figure out how to talk. No, God made man in his image with perfect intelligence, fully conversational from the moment he, his eyes opened. He began to worship and, and fellowship with God. That whole idea of man, you know what happened? Man separated themselves from God. A curse of sin hit the earth. And some people did start walking around with clubs. 
because they were so distant from God. They started imitating animals and started becoming primitive. Not be, God didn't make us that way. You can become like an animal if you don't know what God has said about you. You all right? So darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. What was the Holy Spirit waiting for? The Word of God. Waiting for God to speak so that this darkness would be dispelled. And in verse 3, God said, light be. And as soon as that word was released from the Father's lips, the Holy Spirit brought it into manifestation. And the earth began to change. And then we see the six 24-hour periods of what God did. 24-hour periods, not thousands of years. Six 24-hour periods, six days. All right, what God did by speaking. In fact, if you'll read verses uh, uh, 3 through 31, the word God said or God called, it's in there 12 times. God said, God called. When God wants to accomplish his will in the earth, he speaks, he sends his word. This is the word of faith we're talking about in Romans 10. Are you okay? If you don't understand how God moves, you'll be very frustrated. You'll be waiting for a lightning bolt. You'll be waiting for the wind to pick up. You'll be waiting for some you know, light glowing light somewhere. But it, he, he moves by his word. God is moving right now. He's been moving since we started. I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but boy, is he moving. He's moving right now. God moves by speaking his word. This is how he operates, and he'll never deviate from that. It's his method of operation. So if you want to experience the, the deliverance of God, the moving of God, embrace his word and don't back off that thing. For no one know how. Say what he says. Hallelujah. Now in John chapter 1, can we go there? John chapter 1, verse 1. Then we'll go back to Romans 10. I remember back in the day, I was, uh, I, I came from a, a town, Newcastle, PA. Uh, amazing city. One of the centers of the modern world. But <laughs> I like to tease my wife about it. Just a little town in western PA, north of Pittsburgh. But anyway, uh, actually Warner Brothers started in my hometown. Pretty cool. No? I can tell you a lot of things about my hometown. But uh, anyway, great chili dogs. Yeah. Uh, why did I bring up my hometown? What were we talking about? Somebody help me out there. Where were we going with that? In the beginning, yeah, John 1 1, center of the universe. Who was I thinking? Someone's my hometown. Uh, it had something to do with John 1 1. Oh, let's try to read it and see if it comes back to me. <laughs> John 1 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word, oh, I remember now. Very good. I remember now. How many know who Mr. Miyagi is? Mr. Miyagi. Okay. That, that's why I was going here. Well, uh, Mr. Miyagi wasn't from my hometown, but uh, when I was in a dojo there growing up and I was learning karate, the school that I was a part of was uh, Fumio Demura's school, who's the man who played Mr. Miyagi's double in the Karate Kid movies. So that was pretty cool. So he'd come to our dojo like once a year and visit, and he was about the same height as the actor. And, and uh, also uh, another guy who was in our school, he played the bad guy in, in Karate Kid 3. Uh, his name was, well, I won't say his name, but anyway, he lived also from my hometown. But why did I say that? Because one of the first things we learned in karate was called a forward punch. And, uh, and we would go over this. You'd get in your stance, and, and you'd roll, and you'd tighten your fist. And then you'd learn to penetrate when you punch. And you, you, you would think like your fist is going right through that whatever you're striking or whoever you're striking. Right? But that was one of the very first things we learned, a forward punch. 
And the sensei, who was a, a black belt, would say, if you'll just get the basics down, that's all you need. Because we were kind of, we'd just watch the movies, and the guys, like, run across the floor and do all these flips and spin around the air, and, and, and that's not real life. Just learn a good forward punch. The basics is all you need. If you've got the basics down, then you've got what you need to win. Pastor Webb talked about this. And, and, you know, it can be frustrating with our flesh because we get called back to the basics and our flesh is like, I want something else. Yeah. No, you need the basics. You need to realize that when God wants to move, the first thing he does is he speaks his word. That's, that, that's, a, that's the forward punch you need. If you can get a hold of that and execute that truth in your life, you've got it. That all I need to know is what God has said, then I say the same thing as he, as he said with my mouth, and I believe it in my heart. And I don't back off of it, regardless whether or not it looks like it's happening or not. Right? And when I begin to do that, I begin to see it before it happens. It's called faith. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, John 1.1. This is the forward punch. This is the very basic technique that we need to take possession of our inheritance. We need to know what God has said. All right? Now, why is Jesus called the Word? Well, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? What are words? The expression of what's in our heart. So why is Jesus the word? He's the expression of God's heart, okay? That's why he's the word. He's the expression of God's heart. Have you ever thought about it, what words carry with them? In other words, I'm, I, I'm thinking about something inside. I've been thinking about it a long time. I mumble about it privately, like what so-and-so did to me. I tell others about it, right? You know, what, what, what's happening? The, 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 uh, the, the thing that was, was rolling around in me eventually is going to come out of my mouth. I'm using a negative example of an offense, right, if I get offended by someone. I just I let that thing roll around inside of me until eventually I'm going to release it with my mouth. Well, what are words? Words really are like containers. They carry what's in my heart. There's no way around this. It's how we're made. If you have a car that runs on gasoline, there's no way around that. You can try peanut butter, but it's not going to work. A gas engine is made to run on gas. A diesel engine is made to run on diesel. And electric cars are made to run on electricity. You were made to run on words. I mean, Jennifer didn't know what I was talking about today when she brought up words. You are made to run on them, and you do. The problem is not whether or not you're, you know, are you running on words. That's not the problem. It's whose words are you running on. Have you ever got bad gas in your car? The price was low, so you pulled in. You're like, oh, I wish you wouldn't have done that, Right? Well, the words are like that. You can just take what someone says and you internalize it and it's bad gas. And you don't run right. You don't get where you need to go because you've, you, you've been running on wrong words. You don't have to worry about that with Jesus. He doesn't have any bad words for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every word he has is a pure expression of the Father's heart. So I want you to realize that when you're speaking, you're releasing what's in your heart. We downplay words. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Man has got it all backwards. They try and downplay words, and as a result, they miss out. No, words are the building blocks of the universe. When God... When God was faced with contrary circumstances in Genesis chapter 2, what did he do? He spoke directly to the circumstances. This is God now. If he did it, guess what? We need to do it. 
you stare right at that contrary circumstance. You stare right at that darkness, and you don't say, God is going to do this. You say, I am. By his stripes, I am healed. But what about all your symptoms? By his stripes, I am healed. Well, you don't look healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. And you do it because you know that Christ is truth. And you're, you're acting on the word of God. By his stripes, I am healed. By his, by his stripes, I am healed. Every need of my life is met because of Jesus Christ. The Lord shall meet all of my needs according to his glorious riches. Philippians 4.19 In fact, you're familiar with going to the bank and making deposits and withdrawals. Words are the same way. We make deposits in our lives and we make withdrawals, withdrawals in our lives every day by the way we speak. We do. We're constantly depositing and withdrawing from our heart. I don't know if you're aware of that, but it's good to learn how we work. So I can make deposits in my heart by saying what God said. That's a good deposit that produces great dividends, right? In fact, I want to purposefully deposit the Word of God in my heart. I want to regularly make deposits of what God said. I mean, I'm, I, I, every chance I get, I'm listening to the Word. Usually it's now because it's, it's so convenient on the phone, I can look up just about any message I want to look up, and I can, I can have it in, going in my ears. I don't just come on a Sunday and then wait till next Sunday. Man, that's, that's a tough way to live. You need daily input, daily deposits of what God has said. And the best deposit, in addition to coming from someone, is coming from your mouth to your heart. Because you saying it to yourself is, is the most powerful words that you can utter. That can be negative or positive, depending on what you're saying. If you say things negative about yourself, guess what? You're listening. If you say, I'm never going to get this. This is never going to work out. You're making a deposit in your heart. And it's, it's going to cost you. Right? Some people are walking around with hearts that are overdrawn. They've been trying to withdraw from it, but there's negativity there. There, there are doubts there. There are fears there. The wisdom of man is there. And then they come against a situation. The enemy's coming against them, and they, they can't overcome it because they don't have the deposits in their heart they need to win. I mean, if I've got $10 in my checking account and I write a check for $10,000, i am in trouble. Right? It's not going to work. It's going to bounce. I'm going to get charged a fee. My name is going to be questioned, right? You need deposits in your heart of what God has said, and you need an abundance of them. You want to operate out of the overflow in your heart, not the, <laughs> uh, what's opposite of surplus? Deficit, thank you. Yeah, you don't want to be operating from a deficit in your heart. Right, you know, as a business, if you're operating from a deficit, that's that's challenging, because you can't do the things that you want to do. Well, in life, how do you how do you know when you're operating from a deficit in your heart? You'll be discouraged, you'll be frustrated, you feel like it's not working, you'll wonder where is God. Doubts, fears, and worries are indicators that you're operating from a deficit in your heart. How do you fix that? <laughs> this is it, guys. <laughs> yeah, I fill it up, right? I fill it up. And, and, and the more you do this, the more skillful you get at it, right? I mean, I know just where to turn when I need a certain, certain area of my life needs, needs light, needs strength, needs victory. Or whatever I'm dealing with, I know just where to go in here because I've done it so many times. You may not have any idea where to go in here, and that's okay, but start somewhere. Start in the book of John. Go to Ephesians, John, Romans, powerful books, Galatians. Oh, man, change your life. Those are all in the New Testament. There's a 
powerful stuff in the Old Testament too. Hallelujah. Yeah, the Psalms are awesome. We doing all right? Can we go back to Romans 10 before we look at one of my heroes in Matthew 8? Romans 10. So what does the righteousness by faith say? Well, it says the word is near you. The word is in your mouth. It's in your heart. This is the word of faith we are proclaiming. Oh, man, God, you're so good. You know, it's interesting. Oh, hallelujah. When you see someone, I'm just thinking of a friend. I won't say their names. They're, 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 uh, it's actually a very well-known celebrity. And uh, when this celebrity started winning Grammys and awards, their father would say, yeah, you're a 20-year overnight success. <laughs> In other words, the world thinks all of a sudden, boom, here I am, and it just happened, but they don't see the years and years of personal, private, quiet application. There has never been a thing, such a thing as an overnight success. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm I really feel impressed to, to encourage you to get a hold of the basics. And people, you see someone who's doing well, I guarantee you there was a lot of time preceding that of applying the basics. Okay? I want you, I want me to experience the abundant life. Let's apply the basics. Okay? Hallelujah. That if you, here's the basics, that if you Say the same thing as God, verse 9, right? If you say the same thing as God with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, that covers everything, and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. Now, here's another problem. We, we religify words. Now, this is just a part of our fallen nature, or human, being human. You know, you can be here in Taunton, Massachusetts, and you can talk to someone from Providence. It's a very different accent, right? Very different dialogue. And sometimes it's hard to understand. Some, you hear someone from Boston and someone from Providence talking, and he's like, ooh, you know, it's different. Now, we, we don't have that accent. We grew up in western PA near Pittsburgh. So people, we walk into a place, and they'll say, you're not from here, are you? <laughs> no, you know, it, it, we talk differently, but even, even in short periods of time, phrases that meant one thing mean something different a year later. Very, you can see that on social media, right? What used to be a phrase that means this now means that. Words are like that. Well, this term saved, I brought that up, this term saved in, at the end of verse 9, it means made whole and prosperous, what has religion done with that? Saved means you might get to heaven. May, okay, okay, you'll get to heaven. That, that, that's that. No, that's not what the word means. In the Greek, sozio, sozo, soteria, it means made whole. Let's read it again, understanding what the word means. All right? That if you say the same thing as God says with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that means Jesus is the authority of my life. You're the only one that can make that decision. You're the only one that can make Christ the authority of your life. No one else can do that for you. doesn't matter what kind of water you had poured on your head when you were a baby. You've got to decide that Jesus is going to be the authority in my life. See, we've religified this little statement as a hopefully get to heaven prayer. That's not at all what the Bible is talking about here. The Bible is talking about you living your daily life victoriously. The Bible is talking about you living this life on earth whole. You see how a wrong understanding of words can rob us of the power of them? So you know what I do? I, I, I get in the dictionary a lot with my Bible. I'll look up, say, okay, what does that word mean? In English, and I'll look for the Greek too. And sometimes I go, whoa, you're kidding. That's not what they told me in church. And you get, and what does that do? It releases the power in that word. Right? It enables me to receive what's in that container, take it out, and to eat it. Let's read this now. Understanding, verse 9, that if you say the same thing as God with your mouth, if you say, Jesus, you're the authority over this circumstance, you're the authority over my body, over my mind, over my finances. And you believe that, what you just said. 
you believe it in your heart, you will be made whole. You will be made prosperous. That's what the Word says. And that might be like, and some will hear that and think, well, that's blasphemy. No, that's just the Word. That's what it says. We've been so conditioned by religion, we have a hard time hearing what God has actually said. That's why Jesus said your tradition is make the Word of God of no effect in your life. You can't even hear what he's saying now because you got these religious goggles on and these religious headphones. God doesn't have any goggles or headphones. He's very clear. He speaks very clearly, right? Saved. Anytime you see that word saved in your Bible, and I, I started this years and years ago. I did a study on sozo, soteria. I mean, I broke that thing down. I looked at it in English. I looked at it in Greek. I looked at the, the equivalents in Hebrew, and I've got pages of notes, and I just soaked up what that word means. And I looked at all the examples of it in the New Testament uh, when Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Some translation says, your faith has saved you. Same thing. It, it, the Bible just opens up, whoa, being saved means being whole. What? What if that was preached? What if that was preached? Yeah, it is in some places. But what if that was the common understanding of it? To be saved is to be whole. Woo-wee! We'd be a different people, right? body of Christ would be a different, different, uh, different group of folks. Instead of trying to figure out, you know, if they're going to heaven and and that they would walk in the life of Christ. Hallelujah. We're different, aren't we, Highway? Why? Because we say the same thing as what God says, even if we get criticized for it. You can't say saved means being whole. I just did. Because that's what it means. You study it out for yourself. S-O-Z-O in the Greek. You look at every instance it was used in the Scriptures. Soteria, salvation. Soteria, I'm not sure how to say it. Same thing. God is about wholeness in your life. But you've got to embrace what he said and say that same thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. For it is with, now he's talking about how your engine works. Verse 10. For it's with your heart that you believe. And are justified. And it's with your mouth that you say the same thing and are made whole. <laughs> this is good. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says it this way. We having the same spirit of faith. As who? Who's, as who? Jesus. If you're, if you're a believer, if you're born again, you've got the same spirit. The same spirit of confident expectation. The same spirit of being sure and certain. He was sure and certain of his father. You are sure and certain of your father. According as it is written, I believed and therefore I sit here silently. Mm. Believing is never silent. People think Christianity is... No. Can I show you Christianity? Thank you, Jesus! It's about shouting and dancing. Hallelujah. With a loud voice. <laughs> we believe, excuse me, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and what happens as a result of it? Therefore, have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore we speak. What do we speak? What Jesus said. We really learn how to talk when we come into the fullness of the gospel. This really is grammar school, isn't it? Spiritual grammar. Not so much about conjugation of, of verbs, and so, but it's about agreeing with God agreeing with him and saying what he said. <laughs> Are you ready to see the results of this? Let me just listen. I don't want to go too fast. 
Let's look at Jesus, and then we'll go to Matthew. Jesus in Mark 11. Jesus in Mark 11. And we're not going to read the whole chapter. Uh, I encourage you to do so today. Read Mark 11. But you're going to see a day in the life and ministry of Jesus. I'll just summarize it for you. You can go read it later. But Jesus is walking with his disciples. They're going from one place to another. Okay? And they're walking. Jesus gets hungry. Why? Well, he was a man. He came to earth as a man. He was all God. He was all man. Hallelujah. And he goes, he sees a fig tree in the distance, and he goes to the tree to get some figs, but there are no figs on it. You're familiar with this, right? Mark 11. One of the most important demonstrations in the Bible. Bar none. Huge. And what he does when they're, and now he knows his disciples are, are watching him. He curses the fig tree. And says, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. They continue on. They go into, the, into, the, into uh, the town. They go into the synagogue. They come out of the town. And they see that tree that Jesus cursed. And they, the disciples say, Master, look. The tree that you cursed is withered from the roots up. Now, religion doesn't necessarily mind this so far. Okay, I, okay, well, he's Jesus and he can do that. But what I love is his response here. And this is one of the things that grabbed a hold of me when I actually started reading the words of Christ. That he, he never once said, well, I'm doing these things because I'm special. He invites us to do the same thing. That was very different when I learned growing up. He invites us to do what he was doing. So here he is. And now this wasn't a life or death situation. He was hungry. He wanted a snack. Are you getting the context here? What does that mean? We use the word in everyday situations. Not just, you know, stuff that's really serious. We, we're always using the word in our day-to-day -day activities. When we get a snack. The word needs to be so relevant to you, you use it when you walk into your cupboard or pantry or, or go shopping. I use the word when I'm shopping. Man, do I get some deals. <laughs> I'm, I want you to see the context of this. That no one was starving. No crowds were pressing against him to get food. He was just there walking. It was a nice day. Wanted a snack. That's the context of this. Are you with me? Don't try and turn this into something hyper-spiritual. This was a snack. This is how Jesus operated, and he demonstrated it to us so that we can operate in the same way. So they are freaking out because this is supernatural. He just spoke to a tree, and it died supernaturally. And Jesus answers them, and says, have faith in God. That's what the King James says. But actually, it's hard to capture what he said there. If you read the Greek, it's this possessive form. Literally, it would be have the faith of God. What an invitation. The message translation says, embrace this God life. <laughs> I love that. Really embrace it is what the message says. We're being lifted right up out of religious thinking right now. Might hurt a little bit, but it's good. Embrace this God life. Have the faith of God. That's blasphemy. No, it's not. It's the gospel. God's not afraid of you living an abundant life. That's what he came for. He's given himself to you. God gave himself to you. Receive him. For truly I say unto you that whosoever shall, here's that forward punch, say, right? What do we say with? 
our mouth, that means out loud, which he just demonstrated while he's going looking for a snack, right? That whoever shall say unto this mountain, now that's bigger than a fig tree. What's he trying to say? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words can change anything. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. There's that connection, right? Mouth and heart, mouth and heart. You can't separate them. you got to have both. But shall believe that those things which God sovereignly declares. No, that's not what Jesus said. But shall believe that those things that he said. Who? The person who's speaking. So before Jesus spoke to that tree, he knew what was going to happen. Why? Because he believed that what he said would take place. Hallelujah. Whosoever shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, got to de-religify that word. He's talking about speaking. If you keep it in context, when he spoke to that fig tree, that was praying. Dereligify prayer. Prayer is speaking and believing. All right? Hallelujah. Whoever desire we pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, this is different. This is different. The world says, I want to see it first, then I'll say it. Doesn't work that way. You believe it, you speak it, and then you see it. You believe you have it regardless of what it looks like. Hallelujah. But you've got to be the one to believe it. No one can believe for you. You've got to make a decision that Jesus is the authority in my life. He said it. I believe it. I speak it. I have it, regardless of what it looks like. Hallelujah. You believe it, and then you see it. It's always the way God operates. Why? Because it's a spiritual reality. We believe it. We're sure of it. We're certain of it because God said it. We don't need any other evidence in that. His word is our evidence. Hallelujah. His word is all we need. So we, we agree with what he said and we declare it in whatever situation. Hallelujah. The message says embrace this God life, really embrace it, and nothing will be too much for you. Verse 23, this mountain, for instance, just say go jump in the lake, no shuffling or shilly-shallying, and it's as good as done. That's why I urge you to pray or to speak to absolutely everything. Ranging from small to large, include everything as you embrace this God life and you'll get God's everything. Include everything. Speak to everything in your life. I mean, even now, there are things in my life I realize, you know, I really never spoke to that. Why have I just tolerated that for so long? I've never addressed that specific area of my life with the Word. Well, I'm going to start now. Right? Include everything as you speak, as you embrace this God life, and you'll get God's everything. So if you want God's everything, speak His Word to everything in your life. Pretty simple, right? Now, you want to see this in action? We did all of that because we want to uh, model and, and imitate this same attitude that we're seeing in one of my heroes here, it's the centurion in Matthew chapter 8. This man knew what we've just spent 45 minutes sharing, this centurion. He knew that if God said it, it had to be so. Matthew chapter 8, love it, love it, love it, love it. So it will start in verse 5. It says, When Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Serious situation. Look at the willingness. Look at the, the desire of God to heal. Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. He hadn't even asked him yet. That's how... God wants to heal more than people want to be healed. He wants to bless more than people want to be blessed. 
The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof. Look at this. But speak the word only. That's all I need. Wow. This is someone who has a firm grasp on the fundamentals. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me, and I say unto this one, go, and he goes, and to, to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this and do that. So see, this, this man understands in his daily life, words matter. And because, see, that, that's, that's real life faith. You use your words in daily life, and you understand the power that's in them. This man did this every day, and he understood the power of words. He understood the foundational building blocks of life were words. And now he's coming to the word, and he's the, the word says to him, I'm going to come to your house and heal him. He says, I, I'm not worthy. All I need you to do is say it. And my servant shall be healed. Do you see the connection in this man's heart here? Well, just take our time. Don't rush through this. This is going to help some people this week big time. Here's a man who's heard about Jesus. This man, prior to hearing about Jesus, recognized the value of his words in his daily life. Now, this was his job. He was, a, he was in the military. But he recognized the, the value of words. And he operated by that in his life. Now he hears about Jesus who's speaking to things. He, he believes that Jesus is God. And he says, if I can get God to speak to my situation, it will change. God offers to come to his home. Not necessary. Just say it. Love that. There are two people in the New Testament, this centurion and the woman, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, that Jesus praised. And you know what these two people had in common? Neither one of them were under the old covenant. They weren't part of Israel. So there was no, no block, no blockade in the way of their faith. They just came right to God. Didn't know any better. <laughs> you come right to God. Forget about what man says. Just talk to him. That's what they had in common. They weren't bound. They weren't under the weight of the law. They were looking right at Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to them that followed, Truly I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Hallelujah. Verse 13, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way, and as the sovereign Lord has declared from his throne, He didn't say that at all. Why does religion teach that? Because they're ignorant of how this really works. As you have believed. Who's you? The centurion. You see in that. As you have believed. Wow, do we have power. Death and life really are in the power of your tongue. The Bible's really true. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. What do you believe about yourself, about your physical body, about your mind, about your work, about your future, about what you've been through? As you have believed, it's going to be done unto you. Not because it's God's will, it's just how we work. We, we believe it and we start acting it out, even if it's negative. 
Are you hearing me? So if you want to, to begin possessing this abundant life, start believing what God has said. I love it. It cleans everything out inside of us. When you're, when you're meditating in the Scriptures, it's just penetrating deeply. All, it's going into your mind. It's going down into your heart. It's oozing into your bones. It's oozing into your, your uh, veins and arteries. It's, it's getting into your lungs. It's so powerful when you begin to recognize it for what it is. The very words of God. In 2022, we are saying the same thing as God says. We are believing the same thing that God says. And we are possessing the abundant life Christ came to give us. Amen. Father, thank you. Wow. <laughs> wow. You really have set us free. I mean totally free. We are free to run with you. We are, we are unhindered because of what you've said. We are free to know you without hindrance, without shame, without condemnation. You have become our Father. We have become your sons and daughters, and no one can change that. No one can take that away from us. Wow. Thank you. All things are possible with you. With you, nothing is impossible. You are God. We embrace this God life. We really embrace it. And we speak your word to everything in our lives. Every area of our lives we speak your word to. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth and demonstrating to us what it's like to know the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.